is the number one commodity in the world that you can't get back once it's gone. Time. So I will keep this brief. I'm Mutita Panmuk, a time efficiency expert and a business operations strategist, who is as known as the Time Queen. Welcome to my Get Unstuck Radio. Running a business can be very overwhelming at times, especially in the first few years when you are required to wear the hats and do all the things. You started your company because you had a vision that almost every business owner has when they begin. You wanted freedom, true freedom. So you are in the right place to help you build and grow your business that support your lifestyle, not the other way around. Without further ado, let's get unstuck. Hi, Get Unstuck Nation. Our guest today, Jessica Frigon, CEO and founder of Project Love. She brings over 15 years of expertise to help female entrepreneurs and lifestyle brand simplify their operations. So without further ado, since we have another operation geek in the house, let's get to know her so please welcome jessica to get unstuck radio today hi jessica hi thank you so much for having me i'm so honored to be here it's my honor as well because i'm also excited and very interested to know more about you so how are you doing so far by the way is it very I'm early doing, over there? yeah it's 7 a.m over here i'm in vancouver bc Oh. But I, yeah, I'm used to getting up early for work anyways, so it's it's okay. Um, but yeah, things are going well. 2024 is going well so far. I can't believe it's almost February. It doesn't feel like it should have gone so fast. <laughs> I know, right? So Jessica, how you started your entrepreneurial journey though? Uh, so it started from a place of burnout. So I was working two jobs. I had a corporate nine to five. And then I also had a night job to support my family. Um, one of my immediate family members was going through a health crisis. So I had put everything on hold for several years uh, to support them financially in order for them to get the care that they needed. Um, and through that place, I got to a state where I felt completely lost. I obviously was burning the candle at both ends. I wasn't doing anything for myself and I felt like I needed to find that spark again and do something for me. And I decided to pick up an old dream that I had because I was a wedding planner back in the day. Um, and it was always a dream of mine to start a wedding magazine. So obviously at that point, I was not ready to start a wedding magazine. So I started a wedding blog instead. And I had absolutely no idea what I was doing with it and what I wanted to do and what it could possibly even turn into. Um, but as I started that whole process of creating this wedding blog and interviewing experts and just getting really in depth with the whole process, you know, I, I really started to really enjoy it and got really reconnected with myself. And then I started shifting and the whole journey kind of more so aligned with like what I needed in order to heal. So I turned to more like self-love and self-care and, you know, interviewed people on the podcast that were experts in those areas so that I could learn, you know, how to get back to a healthy place emotionally, mentally, and whatnot. Um, and it just slowly pivoted from there. Once I, uh, once I naturally just felt ready to start thinking about it um, as a business, then I was like, 
Okay, so I really enjoy doing this. I have no idea what I can actually do with it service-wise. I started to try to put together things that I could offer as a service or support to my community. And it took a while for me to realize that what I do in corporate also applies to the online space. And I can use my skills from corporate to help entrepreneurs be able to set up businesses that are going to last um, so that they could sustainably grow and scale their business without going to the point of burnout. So it was a very long journey getting to where I'm at, but it was what I needed to come out of the place that I started at. So do you think it's different between working in a corporate and helping entrepreneur? It's a hundred percent different. <laughs> it's yeah, very different. Um, in corporate, there's the hierarchy, you have your CEO and whatnot. So if you're the CEO of your corporate job, it might be a little bit more similar, but I was a director of operations, project manager and whatnot. Um, so I had people that I had to report to and, you know, I couldn't just do what I wanted and it was very structured and I had to be at my desk at 7 a.m. and stay there until 4 a.m. And I was basically like given goals for the year of what I had to achieve type thing versus being an entrepreneur. You're in charge, right? Like you're the one that's responsible for your own success. You determine your schedule. You have to be extremely disciplined. Otherwise, you're just not going to achieve anything. You have to wear all of the hats in your business. You have to know how to market your business, sell. You have to learn how to serve clients. You know, outside of your zone of genius, whatever that is, you have to learn all these different things about like finance and metric management and strategies and whatnot. Um, so it's vastly different worlds. Mm. So what do you think it would be the first thing that entrepreneur people or business owner would feel burnt out from in their day-to-day -day operation? Things that generally I have seen people get to the point of burnout from is doing all things and doing it all manually and trying to do it all by themselves. Um, so generally the, the clients that I work with are solo entrepreneurs trying to get to a certain point, trying to break through that growth ceiling, but they've reached a wall where they've been doing it by themselves for so long. They've been doing things manually. They don't have an operational foundation. Things are falling through the cracks. They're not able to step away from their job because things are coming in left, right, and center, even at night. They have to hop onto their computer. They can't take a vacation without having their laptop with them. And that leads them to burnout, but it also leads them to falling out of love with their business, to becoming mm. resentful with their business. Is that why Project Love coming from? Why is this company's name coming from? Can you share me the story? Um, Project Love, I came up with that name because I had to change it from a wedding blog name. <laughs> it just didn't align anymore. And at that point, you know, I was thinking the way that I work, I work best in projects. I don't do retainers. Um, that's just not how I work. I get very bored. I get bored very easily. Um, so I need short containers, get in, do the job, and then leave them to do run the business afterwards. Um, so working with a client for nine 12 months um non-stop is just not the way that i operate best in order to support my clients so i see my work as very much project-based and the whole ethos of project love is to help clients fall back in love 
with their business, but their life as well. So love is essentially at the very core of everything that we do. Um, so Project Love just kind of felt right. <laughs> oh, right. So if two are with you, how long usually it takes them to get to the point where they fell in love with the business again? So depending on what their goals are, if their goal is not to hire, um, my container is three months. So we put in the process, we implement the technology in order for them to streamline things that they're doing manually in order to automate what we can so that they aren't doing everything so manually. Um, from there, three months is usually when I will leave and they will have a little bit more freedom in their lives. They will be able to have more structure their, to their business, be able to take their head out of the day-to-day -day so that they can focus more on the visionary aspects. Um, but if their goal is to hire, to bring on a team, it might take a little bit longer because that person, so once we've put in the foundation, which takes three months, um, they're going to need to onboard, train. And then there is a period of time, an adjustment period of time um, of having somebody new come into your business. They need to adjust to their new role, the processes, um, the working relationship, getting used to, you know, making sure that you guys are on the same page with things and whatnot. So I would say probably six months, to be honest, is when they will truly start to feel that more freedom to be able to step away from what they were previously doing. In your opinion, from the first scenarios, solopreneurs able to systemize and automate their business and get more freedom versus another solopreneur who able to systemize, automate, and also delegate with team members. Which one in a like short-term goal, like within a year, actually have simpler outcome from your record within a year mm. um all of them so far yeah. sorry so all of them have experienced that outcome within that year no i mean um which one is easier to have oh, which one's easier um from my perspective or from the client's perspective from, from your perspective from my perspective um they both have their challenges so if it's a client that's wanting to stay a solo entrepreneur it's hard for them to be able to get to a certain point in their business that they're probably envisioning staying solo so i can do my best but in order depending on their goals they will eventually hit a wall again and not because they don't have the systems in place it's just because they can't do more without having support being brought into the business as a human being you can only do so much by yourself right and there are many aspects within your business that you need to manage and doing so by yourself it's not doable up until a certain point Right. And what do you normally do in that situation? I would just have a conversation. Maybe they have fears around hiring, right? So it's just really understanding and having clarity about what their vision is, what their goals are, what they want their life to look like. Um, so their North Star, essentially, and really uncovering, you know, is it because it's a fear-based decision that they're not wanting to bring support in? Um, or is it truly like they want to stay solo? They want to stay small? They don't want to have that and then building out their operations to support that goal um, but when it comes with hiring you know it is a little bit more challenging because you are bringing somebody into the business we need to make sure that they are properly trained we need to make sure that they are the right fit for that role and that role is the right role to start off with in order to build out that team 
um, and making sure that it's a good cultural fit. So identifying exactly what type of culture that client wants to build out without, within that team and that company and making sure that that employee is the right fit for it in order to build it for that next employee to come in and so on. Um, so that can be that can be the most challenging is just making sure that we have the right people in the right seats um, to support that business owner as well as the culture that they're trying to set. And that can take some time because a lot of people, I mean, interviews are only so in depth, right? You can only learn so much about an employee through an interview. You really just need to see them hands-on um, actually working and actually interacting with the owner on a day-to-day -day basis to really see how it's going to fit. Have you ever met clients who thinking that this is the type that people they want, but actually these type that they thought they want, these are not what they need and how mm -hmm. you deal with them? Yeah, that happens you... often. <laughs> they want to hire a friend or they think that they want to offload one type of task or create a role for that type of task when really it has a higher return on the investment of time for them to take away a different task that they no longer need to do but they're reluctant to let go of so it's really just having conversations with them and really having the data to back it up and kind of diving peeling back the onion with the entrepreneur to really understand where they're coming from um, because a lot of the time it's it's out of fear that they're making these decisions right fear of letting go of control fear of letting go of a certain task because they want to make sure that it's done a certain way but as they get more comfortable with the operational foundation that we've built you know knowing that they don't have to worry about those things anymore because we've built out the processes and the technology to, for that employee to execute it the way that they want it done um, it takes a little bit of time for them to be able to adjust and to be able to feel comfortable letting go so we've had those conversations and yeah, I do my best to make sure that we're making the right one and I've had clients still continue to make the wrong one um, and have to unfortunately let that employee go or it falls apart naturally because it wasn't the right fit um, from the start and they have to go back to the drawing board and hire again so it does happen but I think that that's part of the process even for myself, I've gone through it, where you kind of have to try things out um, to see what fails and what doesn't. You kind of have to try things out to learn as well as a CEO, what you should and shouldn't be doing and why you're making these decisions so that you can do some inner work as well in order to heal things that may be blocking you from making the right decisions in your business. Mm, I like the way you look at things. So that's also let them teach themselves as well how they make decisions further along the way. Ah, yeah. that's a good way of telling them because sometimes they don't believe us what we tell us them. And that's okay. <laughs> we can only do so much as a service provider to support our clients, right? Um, they have to learn from their own decisions as well right whether it turns out as a great story or if it's something that needs to be pivoted or adjusted um, that's how they learn and that's how they grow as a ceo and business owner is by making mistakes or you know having wins <laughs> essentially you mentioned about data in case the business come to you 
with everything all over the place i bet you have found some and how you declutter them then like and able to help them with the data support their decision making process so it's about tracking your metrics right so your kpis throughout your business so for client experience you know what what is your client experience feedback you know what is your referral rates your repeat client rates um, lifetime value whatnot um lead conversion just really looking at all of that data when it comes to your marketing strategies you know all the different kpis that you need to track within that to see what's performing well what isn't performing well uh, your financials you know revenue coming in your profits um, the cost per service to be able to provide that service and then as well like lead acquisition costs like all those types of things you need to understand what's going on in your business in order to be able to make more informed decisions um, and that goes hand in hand with also just knowing your business knowing your clients your community and what they need and kind of trusting yourself as well like leaning into your intuition but using that data to back it up but if they don't know those numbers at all generally they don't 99% uh, of the clients that I work with are not tracking anything because they don't have time to right they're doing so many things in their business and their priority is serving clients and getting sales in in order to be able to generate the revenue that they need to get to their goals um, so no they do not track any kind of metrics or very limited if they do um, and it's not consistent either so they don't have that data and which is why they're not making strategic decisions that is really going to propel their business forward so that's where i step in is to help them have that foundation which includes the metric management and how to go about not, um, tracking the different kpis you need each month quarter yearly etc and what to do with that information mm, got you oh that's why yeah because that's also something it's always the questions that oh and how did you know that oh we don't know we don't track that and i was like what and how you got the price you don't even know the cost and how you know mm -hmm. you make profit of it it's always a, a guessing game yeah absolutely especially with services um they they price their services based off of what they think they should be pricing it based off of what others are charging for similar things in the industry but they haven't really dove in to determine based off of the deliverables, things that they need to deliver to their client based off of that service level. How much time is it taking for them to deliver those things? How much time is it taking for them to onboard, to offboard, to support, to answer Slack messages, Boxer messages? Do they have team members that dedicate their time to these clients' deliverables as well? You know, they don't take into account all the different costs that are associated with delivering that service to a client. And when you don't know those costs, you may be undercharging, right? Which is what I was doing. Initially, I was way undercharging and I didn't have a goal as to what I wanted to make annually in order to break down what I needed to be charging in conjunction with what it cost me to be able to deliver those services so you have to take all of those things into account when you're pricing your services yeah yeah that service isn't profitable <laughs> yeah i understand and it's so surprising that the 
entrepreneurs not really like to talk about financials. Have you encountered that? They're not really oh. like talk about it at all. Yeah, a lot of entrepreneurs need to do inner work when it comes to financials with money, the relationship with money. A lot of it is fear-based um, or scarcity-based or you know past trauma with you know family or whatnot when it comes to money and they need to heal that relationship in order to be able to let go of the fears that are holding them back from really knowing their numbers in business and really you know going into their account and tracking their expenses you know every month and tracking their revenue and just really understanding what's going on financially within their business and what their their health is in that regard it's it's every entrepreneur has had those issues even myself it's absolutely normal um, because being a business owner is a lot different than just doing your job you have to it's more i would say of a self-development journey than anything else because being a business owner is going to make you go into all of these areas that you're normally uncomfortable with or you don't know much about and it's going to bring up a lot of fears or you know blocks that you may be experiencing and you need to work through those in order to be able to properly step into the CEO role to properly manage your business and to grow it so Tell me about your services. Like the first thing that they have to do with you is to audit, right? To audit yeah, where yeah, they are. Exactly. The very first thing is auditing so that we understand what's going on, what needs to be fixed in conjunction with what their goals are. So and then, you can't mm-hmm. fix anything if you don't look under the hood, right? Then you're just mm-hmm. going in blind and you're just doing what you think needs to get done when in reality there's other core issues that need to be managed first mm-hmm. ah, i get that and for those clients who like i think i need to get this fixed but you not agree with it how do you deal with them Operation um, anyways, once i do the audit we will go through the audit findings together and there will be like i will identify the the return on investment so which ones are the more critical ones and we'll talk about them in depth right so i will explain to them you know this is why we need to focus on these ones these are impacting this which then impacts this which then impacts this um so they just don't have a full picture of what's going on in their business which is why they might have one idea of what needs to be fixed because they don't know what else is going on as well and what the impact is in those different areas so usually when you bring the full picture to them and you go through the audit findings and you have conversations around them they have a better understanding and i never have had any issues with the prioritization of the list of things that we need to do Mm, because you already self-explanatory during that time mm-hmm. it's already clear now. ah oh so they are easy to accept then that's good mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. thank you and yeah i mean it's good that like it's like they are like oh i accept this one everything is clear out oh this is something that i have to accept that without this i couldn't move on or something <laughs> Exactly. It's just lack of awareness for them, which is absolutely normal based off of where they're at. Mm-hmm. What about technology implementation? That is another service of yours. Like what type of technology that we are talking about here? Yeah, so I, the difference with my services and a lot of um, operations consultants that I've seen in the spaces, I focus on the holistic business, right? So the entire business as a whole versus just client experience or just 
launches or financials and whatnot. So I implement the foundation to optimize how they operate throughout their entire business. So when we come into this tech stack after we've identified and created all of their processes, um, it's various different platforms. And depending on their financial state in their business and what they can afford and what is priority in order to make the highest return on investment for them, um, we will determine exactly what their tech stack needs to be for this level. Um, so generally, the very first thing that we're going to implement because I work primarily with service providers is a CRM if they don't already have one in place. If they do, we're going to review that platform to make sure it's the right fit. If it is, then we will fully customize it to support the process of serving their clients, so their onboarding, offboarding, etc. Then we would look at the difference. So if they are looking to bring on a team, then I would highly recommend that they bring in a project management software, which isn't just for managing projects. I use it as a business hub for collaboration and visibility into your business as well as accountability. Um, so when I say project management hub, I mean like that for if they prefer Monday or Asana or Trello, that's fine. I highly recommend ClickUp. It has a lot more features and functionalities in regards to workflows and whatnot. And it's just been the easiest platform so far for people to adapt to, I find. Um, so that would be the second one. And then we would look at the social media is a very big one because obviously they have to market their business. So making sure that they have a social media scheduler in place, which I recommend Metricool. Um, they obviously would need Canva because they most likely cannot afford a graphic designer at this point. So if they're not utilizing Canva, we would make sure that they implement that and then customize their brand kit to align with their brand guide. And then we would look at Flowdesk. There's other platforms that we would look at depending on what else they are doing in their business as well. But generally, those are the, the core that I would look at. Mm. So after that, the third service that you do is to do full scope ecosystem design, meaning that, okay, right now we are the audit where you started and now you we implement the whole technology. Now we start running the ecosystem how you test running that do you love this operation or not am i understanding correctly yeah so the first service the uncomplicated audit is for those that are essentially capable of implementing themselves but they need clarity and direction so that's where i go in and i do the audit and i give them a 90-day roadmap that tells them everything that they need to do on their own they have a little bit of support from me as well to ask questions and whatnot but it's for somebody who is okay doing it themselves the next one is a crm or project planner project management implementation because they have processes in place but they don't have effective technology in place to support them to stream line or to automate um, manual tasks. So that is the second service. And then the full scope is where we build out the entire operational foundation. We build out all of their processes. We implemented the technology. And if their goal is to hire, then I am supporting them through the hiring and onboarding process as well. Ah, got you. So in <laughs> anyone interested to work with you and they're just feeling like okay now maybe it's the right time to fall in love with my business again where can they find you then uh, so on instagram is where i primarily hang out um so that is my handle at project love co you can also vi visit my website at www.projectloveco.com and then linkedin is the other platform that i am generally on and my handle is jessica Fribon. okay so i know that you also have a free 
freebie for my audience as well. What is it about? Yeah, the CEO Thrive Kit is to help entrepreneurs step out of the day to day and focus working on the business. Um, every so often, I can't, I would recommend that you follow the schedule of weekly, monthly, quarterly, and annually. And they're all different as to what you need to look at at those times. But do what you can based off of the season that you're in. So if you're currently just running the show by yourself and you can only manage to do monthly, that's okay. At least you're doing that. But the CEO Thrive Kit is essentially a CEO day guide, as well as the different agenda templates um, that are checklists to help you stay focused and to know what you need to work on when you are having a CEO day. It also comes with a reflection template that helps you just self-reflect about how things are going in your business to kind of more so do an energy type of audit um, from a personal perspective. So that is the CEO Thrive Kit, helps you step out of the day-to-day, -day, put on the CEO hat and be able to focus on the business for a period of time so that you can have better information and data in order to make decisions in your business. Yeah, so everyone, please make sure to check those out. Um, everything will be linked in the description below as well as the show notes and also around here somewhere. So please, Thank you, Jessica, for joining Get Unstuck podcast today. And I hope our audience, Get Unstuck Nation, knowing more about operation that is more than just day-to-day -day things. It's actually everything that you do in the business is operation. And yeah, hope you get unstuck from where you are, wherever you are in the operation today. And you get to know better how you can qualify the process of your day-to-day task at least. So thank you, Jessica, for sharing this knowledge with us today. It was my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you. I hope this episode inspired you to get unstuck wherever you are in your journey so that you can have your business that support your lifestyle. Get a show note at helpyougetunstuck.com today. Start implementing what you have learned. The results of your consistent effort and improvement are worth it because you deserve the freedom to enjoy your life. Speak to you next time and don't forget to get unstuck.